Five times a day, Muslims perform Salah, which includes bowing towards Mecca. And those pilgrims fortunate enough to be able to visit the city for Hajj circle the Kaaba seven times, emulating the actions of Muhammad. For many Christians, the Eucharist ceremony is the holiest part of worship. People line up with their hands cupped to receive the host and to drink the juice or wine to bring into their bodies the experience of God. In many Buddhist traditions, practitioners begin each morning with 108 prostrations as the little self bows in reverence and gratitude to the big self. I don't know of a religion that does not incorporate the body into its worship. In my own faith, Unitarian Universalism, we protest a lot. We are proud of our reputation as the people who show up for social justice. I think every time we march or escort women into health clinics or get arrested for environmental justice, it is an act of faith, an act of making our faith real. We use our bodies as a living witness to the suffering of the world. The body is a sacred instrument. It is powerful. It is full of possibility. It is beautiful. And yet most of the time we live disconnected, disembodied from this sacredness. This miracle of existence that has come from the stars, that pulses with life, is so often overlooked, undervalued, disparaged, criticized, even blamed for some of our so-called baser behaviors. Much of the philosophical and religious tradition we've inherited, often called Western but not uniquely so, revolves around a dualistic understanding of the body and the soul. Plato, in his allegory of the cave, exiled the body into a realm of darkness and illusion. He faulted it for distorting the truth. The soul, Plato wrote, is imprisoned by the body. Later, both Augustine and Paul, the foundational theologians of the early Christian church, had inconsistent relationships with the body, sometimes praising the mind-body connection, other times speaking about it with withering disappointment. More recently, Descartes tells us, the soul by which I am what I am is entirely distinct from the body. And perhaps most importantly for our own nation, our Puritan forebears, whether we are directly related to them or not, certainly left this country imprinted with a story about the body as sinful. But none of this is true. Your body is sacred. It is full of possibility and it is beautiful. And using your body in prayer and meditation, using it to offer gratitude and thanksgiving, is one of the best opportunities to relate to the larger experience some call God. Perhaps religion's only purpose is to name that fragmentation we feel, the separation from it all, and then to offer some opportunities to find our way back into relationship with that whole. To remind us about the relationship with the whole. The body is not a block to that. Rather, it is something to use as we find our way. There is a movement afoot in our culture. 
It is a desire for a reintegration of the body into our whole being. This is why I believe yoga is so popular. The yoga phenomenon that has overtaken this country and many other parts of the world is a voicing through movement, a calling out to reclaim the embodied sacredness of our being. Now, most of the yoga that is taught is not incorporated into any cultural or religious understanding, not yet anyway. It is not as if the yoga phenomenon is converting people to Hinduism. And so yoga itself exists in a somewhat displaced space. Some teachers in schools try to incorporate spiritual elements into the practice with greater or lesser success. Some don't bother letting the form simply be understood as exercise. But it is not exercise. The onset of yoga and other spiritual practices that use the body are a calling out from the body. Not just our body, but from the great body, the body of existence. Mystics in various traditions speak of the longing we feel, the hunger that is in us, the desire for a connection, not as something that we made, but as something that was placed there by God. Our hunger, our desire, our longing is God's longing, God's longing for us. Rumi famously wrote, What you seek is seeking you. And I think of yoga this way. Most of us likely believe we made the decision to do yoga, that it makes us feel good and we choose it as a practice. What would it be like to hold in our minds the idea that we are doing yoga and other activities with our body because God is calling out to us through us? That we have been estranged, but creation has not abandoned us. Creation longs for us. It longs for our bodies to be involved in our worship of the divine, in this great miracle of existence that we are a part of. I believe this is also happening with the environmental movement. The earth is speaking out through us. Our little bodies are talking and singing and praising our big body. What is happening is a great calling asking us to return to what we already know, that we come from one source, that we grew out of this earth, that we are part of a great miracle, that our bodies are not bad. How could they be? They come from creation. They don't cut us off from God. God is using them in our coming together. Lean into your body and listen for the ancient secrets that live in your cells and in your soul. Walt Whitman once wrote, If anything is sacred, the human body is sacred. And perhaps my favorite line by Mary Oliver reads, You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. What you seek is seeking you. Let it come through you. Love the world with your body. Be present for creation, not just with your mind and your heart, but with your temple. You are beautiful. You are full of possibility. 
and most importantly, you are sacred. Thank you for listening to this meditation. You can find a written version of it on my website at ianwhitemar.com slash meditations. Who are the people in your life who would enjoy and benefit from this meditation? Pick one. Send them a link. Maybe start a conversation with them. What does the soft animal of your body love? How can you use your body in a sacred way today? The spiritual journey isn't something we need to do on our own. We are meant to travel the path with partners. I hope you'll join me again next week.